Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. That's what we have in many of our churches. They will come to church, they will do this, that, this, that, and that, and think they're fine. It's external, but there's no clear conscience because they have not taken care of the inner sin problem. We will have that in a few weeks. In our world, many people will come on Christmas. They're going to do the right thing to come to church on Christmas, but it is not going to solve their sin problem. Humans are creatures of habit, getting up at the same time every day, eating the same stuff for breakfast and on. Even those without a set schedule habitually don't have a set schedule. And it's easy to get into the same kind of rut spiritually, especially if you think that what you do determines your place in heaven. You'll find out in today's teaching by Pastor Mark, though, that God isn't about earning your way into heaven. You're going to find out why that's the case, and you'll learn the real way to please God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 8 as he continues his message, The New Covenant and Conscience. was a veil, you know about it, made of fine twine linen, embroidered in scarlet and purple and blue. The curtain closed off the most holy place, preventing anyone from entering or even looking inside. It symbolized one thing that maybe we ought to have a little more of it, the holiness of God versus the sinfulness of man unapproachable by man. Today, God is just kind of a a word. But this was a holy God. Only the high priest could enter here and that once a year on the Day of Atonement. And you know all the elaborate preparations that he had to go to. On that annual day, the high priest would enter the place, sprinkle the blood on the top of the ark, the atonement cover, the mercy seat, to atone for the sins of the entire nation for that year. Within the holies of holy, there was also the ark. We'll talk about this more later, of the covenant. It contained three things. The golden pot of manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the law. And as I said, each of these furnishings and parts had a spiritual meaning. We don't have time to get into that, but they were simply really the symbols of the reality that would come with this new covenant. Paul was talking about to these people, don't even think of going back under that because you have a better way to worship God. Let's look at verse 6. 
When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly, notice regularly, into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. Now the Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. Notice that the priests, they were given access to enter, but it was limited access. And then, of course, into the holies of holies, it was very limited. One high priest could enter that, and only once a year. Notice back in verse 6, a key word. The priest entered that place to offer sacrifices how often? Regular. Now, why would they do that? What were they offering sacrifices for? Sins of the people. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know why they went in regularly. Go ahead. Just just tell them. That isn't a sneaky thing, is it? Is anybody confused at that point? Well, you know why they went in. Because we're what? We're sinners. And we sin on a, sorry to say, quite often on a regular basis. We don't approach God That perfection never can. Now, as we grow in the Lord, we sin less, but we never become perfect. So there was limited access. And notice the sacrifices that would always be required, required blood. But there was limited access and limited efficacy. In other words, the weakness of the old covenant was there. Two things you may want to write, and it just singles these because it challenges us to be encouraged. Even though we never were under this old covenant, we need to understand how beautiful that is. The old covenant, there it is. And then the new covenant, you're going to see I have unlimited access. And it's really, I mean, it takes care of every one of my problems. Full efficacy, full, 100%, right on. And as I was thinking about this limited access, I don't know why I thought about it, but those of you that have ever traveled to Europe, maybe the very first time you traveled to Europe, when you could afford to travel to Europe, now pounds over two bucks, euros, whatever, I mean, it's a fortune. But I remember the first time we traveled to Europe, and some of you maybe had this shock too, you go into a place, a restaurant, and you're going to have a cup of coffee. And they bring you this little cup, and they pour the coffee. And you go like, oh, okay. And you say to the person, down the cup, please. And you had three or four cups. Anybody been there? And then when you left, what did you find out? It was limited access. The what? You got one cup free, and the rest you paid for. Every single refill you pay for. There is no such thing. Now today, if you go to Europe, and you're smart, where do you go? You go to McDonald's. Especially for Cokes, because you can get a big refill and do all the rest, but there's limited access. See, the old covenant was kind of like going to Europe. Put the cup out there. That sacrifice, the animal that you just brought, took care of it, what, for today. Tomorrow there'll be another one. Next week there'll be another one. Well, with Christ, I mean, once and for all, finished, done, over with. Turn with me quickly. How did this 
symbolically happened to Matthew. We'll be right back to Hebrew, Matthew chapter 27. If you think about that, of course, these people knew it. If they'd ever been to Jerusalem for the Jewish holidays, they knew their access was limited. They couldn't get ever into the Holy of Holies, ever. And if you look down in verse 50, you remember this so well. We always talk about it at Easter. But here was a picture that, well, it took the limited access to unlimited access. And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rock split. So as he's talking about the new that's getting ready to come here, what's the difference? Well, on that day when that old curtain was just torn from top to bottom, and you could enter right in. It was symbolic that now there was direct access. No more limited. No more limited access. Direct access right into God. See, to us, who've always had direct access, it doesn't mean much. But to these Jewish people, it was huge. In fact, they couldn't get their arms around it. And many people that have all their life been religious don't get it. They continue to think they have to do good enough. So they're on this treadmill of doing good enough to get to God. Because they've never understood the price has already been paid. You can't earn it. You can't be on the treadmill of good works. You can be on it all your life, every day, three hours a day till you die. And you can't pay for it. You can never be good enough. So we had to understand the same thing, that the way was opened into the Holy of Holies. The way was opened for every single person. No need for the Holies of Holies and anymore and that kind of thing. A believing sinner could come right into the access of God. Impossible before. Impossible. Any person can approach God and ask forgiveness for their sins. Now back to Hebrews 9.9. This is an illustration, notice the writer, this is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. How do you look at a conscience? Here's what it is. It's like a moral traffic light or like a spiritual alarm system. Your conscience, my conscience. It'll tell me when to stop. It'll tell me when to slow down. Caution. Be careful. It'll tell me when to go. When I see a green light in my spirit, go ahead. When we see a red light, stop. When we see a yellow light, mm, better think about that. Better go another way. Okay? Why did this lady finally become honest and send $500 to the school board because God continued to deal with her on that issue until she went, you know, that really wasn't right all these years. I'm going to clear my conscience. I'm going to do what I need to do, give restitution, and then I'll be done with it. So a conscience is a very, very good thing. Now, it keeps us in line with God's will. It's actually a gift from God to us. Now, if I'm not maturing in God, 
I would not look at my conscience as a gift from God. I would look at it as like a curse. Oh, come on, God. It's just, come on, come on. But the reason God gives us a conscience is to keep us from going into sin. Because sin always is a disaster at the other end of it. You know it, and I know it. So when this conscience is to be here, it's to be properly cared for. It's to be fed. It can malfunction. I'll talk about that in a moment. So the conscience will tell us to do right, but it not necessarily can tell us what is right. That we have to be taught by the Word of God. So here's an important thing for you to write. Our conscience must be programmed by the Word of God. The enemy knows that. And of course, that's why he always attacks the Word, and so many people don't know the Word. Let's think back to the Garden of Eden. Paul says here, these people in the Old Testament were never able to clear their conscience. Why? Because the next day sin was there. They had to take that animal. It was there again. It was always in front of them. It wasn't complete. It wasn't done for. It was limited. Now think about Adam and Eve. They were born with a conscience. They didn't have a Bible. But did they have the Word of God? Did they? Yes. What was the one thing that God gave them to program their conscience? One thing. What would he say? Don't eat at the tree. Don't go to that tree there. One thing to program their conscience, right? One. Just one. Not complicated. What one thing did Satan attack? The one thing of the Word of God. He went right to it. God he did doubt it. She ate of it. And did it affect her conscience? Maybe not initially, because she went and got who? Adam, whether you're standing nearby, we don't know. Everybody debates that, whatever, who knows. But all of a sudden, we have two eaten. Then, do we know that it affected their conscience? Yes. How do you know that? Because they went hiding. And they got dressed. Isn't that amazing? They were created with a clear conscience. God programmed it with one thing, and they blew it. You and I know what that means like, don't we? We understand that, that rebellion. So our conscience is something that must be programmed by the Word of God. Psalm 119.11, David says it like this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So as we take this word and put it in our heart, it's programming our conscience. You can have an oversensitive conscience, and that's where the enemy is always tormenting you about. And I'll talk about that a little toward the end. Look at verse 10. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial warnings. External, circle that word, regulations applying until the time of the new order. What does that mean? It means an external solution will not fix an internal problem. The Old Testament, it was external. There still was faith, 
But the things God created them to do in the old covenant, we know that it wasn't a bad covenant. They just couldn't keep it, but it was to drive them to Christ. McDonald says this, the offerings were concerned with the people who were in covenant relationship with God. They were designed to maintain the people in a position of ritual purity so that they could worship. They had nothing to do with their salvation or with the cleansing from sin. The people were saved by faith in the Lord on the basis of the work of Christ still to be done in the future. And as you heard Pastor Dave talked about, the reason that the conscience is not clear is their sins were never forgiven and forgotten. They were only covered in the Old Testament. Kofar. And so in the Old Covenant system of worship, there's just no way for have their sins forgiven. And the deepest need of me is to go, it's forgiven and forgotten. That was never possible. Hard for us to even understand it. They were external, didn't change the inner man. Even today, it's possible to fulfill all the outward obligations of religion and still have a conscience that's not right with God. That's what we have in many of our churches. They will come to church. They will do this, that, this, that, and that and think they're fine. It's external, but there's no clear conscience because they have not taken care of the inner sin problem. We will have that in a few weeks. In our world, many people will come on Christmas. They're going to do the right thing to come to church on Christmas. But it is not going to solve their sin problem. Because they're doing it externally. It doesn't even relate to that which is internal. So, notice verse 10. Look at the end of verse 10. Until the time of the new order. Until the time of the new model. What would that new order be? It's the new covenant. So God was going to send a solution. The solution would be this new covenant. Look at verse 11. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, But he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Now the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are what? Outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our, here it is, our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. So what is this new covenant? Why is this important for us to understand this? Well, it's huge. Number one, the new covenant had a better sanctuary. It wasn't man-made. It was in heaven. Number two, the new covenant provided a better way to worship. Unlimited access to God. Anytime. First thing you do in communion is you examine your heart. Notice, you examine your heart. It's not a form. It's not how I hold my finger as I take the communion elements. It's not a religious thing. It's my heart. The first thing I have to do is examine my heart. And so I have unlimited access to God. All of us in this room will say to God, as David did, search my heart. Was there a thing today, an area? And this is where the conscience comes in. God will speak to us. 
Now, I can say, well, it really wasn't that big a deal. I'm pretty good at justifying things, but God knows how to take care of that. No, that really was. It wasn't the right thing. Take care of it. Okay, I will. Number three, the new covenant provided through the blood of Jesus full efficacy. So what does that mean? When I finish asking God to forgive me, what happened to my sins? Covered? So that you can combine, take the cover off and go, "Mm mm-hmm. Huh? No. Forgiven and what? Forgotten. As far as that you know it, the far as the east is from the west. Now, is that important to us? No, it's just a nice saying. No, it's very important to me. Because of that, since I know that, what happens? I then have a clean conscience. Now, if I have a clean conscience, that means my relationship with God is right. Listen, no religion can provide a clear conscience. No religion. Doesn't matter. Eastern, American, Indian, doesn't matter. No religion can provide a clear conscience. Only Jesus Christ can. Because religion can't take care of our sin. We can go through all kinds of rituals, but it cannot take care of my sin. Let me give you an interesting true story. Albert Speer. He was the architect who served Adolf Hitler during the Holocaust. A person interviewed him. Here's what he said. The interview said, You have said, Albert, that the guilt can never be forgiven, your guilt, or it never really should be. Do you still feel that way, Albert? I serve a sentence of 20 years in prison, and I could say, I'm a free man. My conscience has been cleared by serving the whole time. I've served it all, all 20 years for my punishment. But I can't do that. I can't say that. I still carry the burden of what happened to millions of people during Hitler's lifetime. My cause. And I can't get rid of it. He goes on, this new book that I'm writing is part of my atoning Part of my clearing my conscience. Interviewer, you really think you'll be able to clear it totally? Spear, I don't think that will ever be possible. Now, what is it like to live with that kind of a conscience? It's miserable. And as I was reading that, I wish somebody could have got to... Albert and said, you know, you can have a clean conscience. It starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, and if you'll do it, the blood, remember this old song, the blood of Jesus can make the vilest sinner clean. There's still power in the blood today. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the items that made up Moses' tabernacle. You learned that these items had a New Testament counterpart, and all of those counterparts had to do with some aspect of Jesus' character. You found out that although the conscience was put in you by God, it's not perfect. You're to always look to Jesus for your redemption. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching, The New Covenant and Conscience, next time. You'll be talking about the usefulness of the conscience and how God uses it to help keep you in line with Him. You'll also hear how the devil can get in and, if you let him, twist the use of the conscience for his purpose, which only leads to accusation and a lack of usefulness for God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.